What's up, everybody? You are now tuning in and listening to Cedric, Chris, Dempsey, and Justin, and we are the men of the year. Your mama's favorite group of men streaming on all major podcast platforms. So please subscribe to Men of the Year Pod for the latest content and leave a positive rating and review and let us know how we're doing. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Men of the Year Pod. And if you have questions, suggestions, need advice, or want us to discuss a specific topic, feel free to email us at menoftheyearpod at yahoo.com or shoot us a message on social media. We appreciate you and we thank you for joining us. Let's get to the episode. Men of the Year, Men of the Year, Men of the Year, Men of the Year. Yo, what is good? Hey, hey, hey. Good, afternoon. good afternoon. Oh, man. Everything going all right with you, my man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I said, sitting back and enjoying this, this Vegas weather, man. You know, while I can, while it's cooled off. Hey, man, here. to that. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get right into it, man. You know, it's men of the year, your mama's favorite group of men. I don't have any of my podcast co-hosts with me, but that's okay. Um, you know, I just want to thank you for hopping on this episode, but more importantly, I just want to let everyone know that we got ourselves a very special guest in the building. We got a Las Vegas rep and Chi-Town native, recent military retiree, and most importantly, my older cousin, Mike Wilson, on today's episode. What is good with your dad, the boy? Thank you for showing up. Hey, thank you for the opportunity, man, to, you know, uh, speak on your podcast, you know, so this is uh, the first of, hey, who knows what's to come of many, so I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hey, the reason why we have you on today's episode is mainly because Veterans Day is literally right around the corner, and so I just want to take this opportunity. (laughs) I just want to take this time to thank you for your service. I mean, without your dedication and hard work um, for just protecting our our freedoms and our liberties that I think a lot of people take for granted from time to time. I don't want any of that to go unnoticed. You know what I mean, Big Cuz? You know what, man? I appreciate the support. You know, I really do. Um, And and just as well to all the other veterans out there that are currently serving, man. You know, hey, my hat's off to y'all, you know, so. We are literally part of the 1% of Americans that actually raise their hand to, you know, take that up to do, uh, do this job. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my podcast co-hosts, he actually serves in the military and um, he is loving it. He's doing a phenomenal job. I just want to also say the same thing to him. Like I said, he's not on this episode, but thank you for your service as well, because I really want to get into this and reach out to you and just have an honest conversation about your entire journey surrounding the military. I think it's uh, I think it's important to pretty much hear from you and hear your testimonies from from individuals who served in the military. And I've known you for roughly about 35 years or so. So, um, but for the people who do not know you, can you tell them a little bit about who Mike Wilson is when they come across your name? Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, Michael Jarrell Wilson, um, born and raised Southside Chicago, Inglewood. Hey, you know, Inglewood native, you know. So, uh, 
Yeah, man, I, I uh, joined the military back in uh, 2000, uh, joined the Air Force. Um, and, uh, you know, shit, time flies when you're having fun. And 20 years later, it's like, oh, my gosh. All right. So but, uh, you know, through that journey, man, you know, I initially signed, you know, for uh, the just the first six year uh, initial enlistment mm-hmm. so that, uh, you know, at the time, uh, you know, I. Uh, had my, my daughter was born. And so at that point, it was like, okay, well, I mean, had other opportunities, could have did the college thing, could have, you know, but uh, for me, it was a matter of just, all right, well, how am I going to support my family and, you know, take care of this responsibility. And uh, with that, you know, I made the decision to join the Air Force over, you know, all the other branches. I mean, uh, the, the crazy part of that is that of that journey back in 2000, you know, my whole clique, you know, that I grew up with through high school, mm-hmm. uh, it was a group of uh, five or six of us, right? And so my first homeboy went to the Air Force. One of the other, two of my other partners went to the Marines. Mm-hmm. One went to the Navy. The other joined the Army. And then my other brother went to college. Now, of all six of us, <laughs> you know, Two of us, uh, my partner from the Army and myself are the only ones that ended up uh, going for the long, long haul of the 20 and retiring. But, you know, you know, the military does get a a bad rap and stigma, right? Definitely for black males, because, you know, we are the minority, you know, just anywhere, period. So, um, you know, and and with that, coming from Chicago, you know, just any inner city, man, it, it, it took a lot of discipline really to learn. Oh shit! To really accept and, and learn different culture, different environment, different people, you know. Yeah. And really, you know, enthrall yourself into it to be accepting of it. And now, I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say I had it all figured out within the first, uh, you know, term of enlistment, man. Because once again, you know, you take care from Chicago, and you know, my first duty assignment was out in L.A. and uh, 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 Edwards Air Force Base, about an hour outside of L.A. So. I'm like, shit, it's still party, party, trying to figure it out. No, man. But, uh, you know, through that journey and through that time, you know, within my first uh, four years there, um, I, I actually, uh, my uh, uh, job, AFSC, um, I'm an aircraft uh, aerospace propulsion uh, mechanic. So that's a you know big term for uh, jet engine mechanic. So I came in and I was uh, uh, fixing on jet engines for F-15s, F-22s. Mm. All the fighter aircraft and everything and uh from there i, I uh you know you, you, you learn the, the 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 routine of, of everything and you pretty much sit back and just try to you know just like anything you you, you sit back and, and just learn and observe right right one thing for certain definitely at the crib we was always big on actually sitting back watching before you speak and really just seeing you know how this thing operates right so you know, figure out the game of it all, you know, it's, and you realize how to navigate through it and what will, you know, help you succeed in it rather than uh, fighting against the machine, if you will, it, it can tend to, it can work in your favor, you know, so, and, and to treat it more so like any other corporation to where, you know, what they can do for you and what you can do for them, right? So it's that relationship of, you know, hell, you know, I'm, uh, we work together to, you know, get to the common interest of the, you know, the, the company's goal or whatever. But it is a different level of commitment because while 
throughout your nine to five, you know, I'm only turning wrenches or whatever, making sure that uh, uh, aircraft or uh, aircraft worthy, you know, flight worthy, you know, the flip side to that is, you know, you get orders like, okay, boom, now you got to go to Iraq, you know? And mm. so um, that that's the, the realization of it is that, you know, when you sit back and look at it, we're here to, you know, fight wars, you know what I'm saying? We're here in the security of the nation and, you know, essentially, you know, we all got blood on our hands, but it's at, you know, the stake of, you know, protecting our families and, and everyone involved. Correct. Correct. So I got a question for you and you brought it up, you know, back in 2000. And I certainly want to take a strip, a trip down memory lane and get nostalgic. So it's 98, 99, 2000, you know, you're maybe a junior or senior in high school and you and your clique of boys, y'all decided to, to go to the military. And I know, and I get it because you and I, we come from a military based background. As far as our family's concerned, our grandfather fought in World War II. Uh, one of our, fun our uncles served in the army. My uncle, your father, God rest his soul, he served in the army. I mean, it kind of feels like we're destined to go to the military, kind of like it's a Lieutenant Dan's family. <laughs> so I kind of want to just get your take and get your thought process and pick your brain about why you chose the Air Force over those other branches. Yeah, so with that, uh, I mean, those that are in the military uh, know that our quality of lifestyle is, uh, you know, quite a higher standard than some of those uh, <laughs> of our <laughs> other military counterparts, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, with the the uh, Army and the Marines, you know, they, they deal a lot of, with a lot of the frontline work, grunt yeah. work and everything like that, a lot of hands-on, definitely from you know, uh, uh, when your time to deploy, they're usually the first to go, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. from the Air Force perspective, you just think about it, uh, we literally send our officers to fight the war, right, you know, to control the airspace. And so, mm -hmm. you know, unless you are the ones that's actually, you know, behind, uh, you know, at, at F-22, you know, you're not really going to see a lot of the hands-on action that you would in the event that, you know, you're in uh, the Army or the Marines, you know, and mm -hmm have a higher deployability rate as well, usually. But also, like I said, the quality of living, you know, I always joke with our, our other, uh, you know, counterparts, say, hey, don't get mad at me for, uh, you know, like and having options and shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we joke with each other, but, um, but and so that, that is one thing that, that made me uh, join the Air Force uh, one is because, you know, I, I, I knew that, you know, I, I kind of wanted to, I, I definitely enjoyed, like, uh, had an interest in aviation, you know, and just love airplanes, right? And so mm -hmm. um, when I was in high school, I actually had an electronics background, and that's what I was trying to get, you know, for my job or whatever. But at the mm -hmm. time, I was on a delayed entry program, and they didn't have any uh, slots available. And so my recruiter says, uh, oh, I got the perfect job for you, Micah. You're gonna be an aerospace propulsion apprentice. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yo, 
I don't know what the fuck that is, but I like it. Let's go, baby. Exactly, right? So, uh, but whole time, you know, like I said, uh, aircraft uh, maintenance, you know. And so with that, though, uh, it, it was just a fascinating experience to learn it. And, you know, the cool part of it is that, you know, especially in the military, once you're starting to do your job and, you know, just the camaraderie and the relationships built throughout, yeah. you know, and from back at Edwards, you know, 20 years ago, I still got, you know, uh, friends that I, you know, keep in touch with that, you know, and just the relationships and the network alone is, is priceless, you know. So yeah, my friend, like she's actually here now that I was stationed in Tyndall with, was that, you know, I can literally throw a freaking dart on the map and probably, you know, know somebody, you know, within the state that I can just pull up on or, and, you know, just, just chill for the night or whatever, man. And so that's, that's a mm-hmm. blessing. So regardless of the, you know, benefits received. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad you said that, that last word or second to the last word, the benefits received. I mean, I want to ask you, bro, like what are some of the biggest benefits and selling points that you could communicate to those who might be on the fence about joining or um, or those who don't have a career plan in place? Uh, I mean, what could you impart to those who are, again, teetering the line of joining the military, regardless of of the branch? Yeah. So with that, um, the main thing with with any, like I always uh, equated to, was to ensure to take care of yourself and your family first. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. what's what's best for you and then treat it just as any other, you know, company that you are looking to work for. Right. You know, where they, you know. It's a give and take, right? So um, with that, for the benefits, um, you know, definitely the, take advantage of the education benefits. You know, a lot mm. of who initially sign on, you know, do it for college, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, with that, though, if you already have college experience, you know, you can go into the recruiter with, the, you know, an advantage to, you know, negotiate actual jobs that you may, you know, have interest in rather than just pulling from a list, you know, kind of deal where wherever they need them meet their quota um but uh as as far as um the reality of it is that um be be open and understand that it is the military so expect to possibly deploy Mm. Uh, it's highly probable like uh army marines within that first shit 12 to 18 months depending on you know what the commander in chief has stirred up in mm. <laughs> class might be going across that water. <laughs> However, um, like I said, the, <laughs> the deployability rate, you know, say for a four-year enlistee for you know the Air Force isn't as demanding uh as you know some of the other uh branch counterparts. But with that, um I, I would say to really pick your top three jobs of interest that you are looking uh, to, to, uh, get signed for. So, um, if you're interested in the medical field, right. Um, mm-hmm. you want to be a nurse or, you know, also have your top two, you know, your two and three. Okay. Well, if I can't be a, a nurse, then maybe I'll go dental. And if, if not that, then maybe lab tech or, you know, uh, farm tech or something like that. But also know that within that first term of enlistment or whatever, um, mm-hmm. within the first three years, if you decide to actually re-enlist, you have an opportunity to cross train. And this is what I used to always tell my troops is that once again, they treat it like a corporation that it is. So just because I came in as a jet engine mechanic, aerospace propulsion, I didn't have to stay there. But once again, time flies when you're having fun. So, you know, right. you know, 
knuckle busting turning wrenches and, and really having you know good time you know with my, with my fellow uh, airmen but uh at, at say about the 36 month mark you know you basically renegotiate your contract and see what other jobs are out there so i literally could have went from uh aircraft mechanic to dental tech dental hygienist you know mm-hmm. And so once again, it's, you know, putting your mask on, taking care of yourself first to, you know, fit whatever goals that, you know, work for you. Um, so with that, uh, I, I, I highly, you know, if, if you're on the fence about joining the military, do your due diligence, uh, one based on, you know, whatever benefits that you're looking to receive, as well as, you know, the honesty of what you're willing to give, because it is a give take of it. And it's a lot of sacrifice just as well. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's a rewarding experience in the end. Yeah. I can, you know, attest to that. Um, so, but yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, that's in a nutshell, yeah. man. But, uh, I, the, the reality of it is I sit back and look at the 20 years and it, it was a, a hell of a run and, and I would yeah. do that shit again. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm glad you said that because I mean, 20 years, that's, that's virtually no, that's half of your life right there, right? And so I wanted to find out from you, I mean, with those 20 years that you put in so much blood, sweat, and tears into this employer, I know that you you uh you weren't, I mean, you learned so many things, but I just want to learn from you. How did the military as a whole, from your perspective, how did that help mold you into the man that you are today? Okay. Well, you know what, to, to, to answer that question, man, you know, even looking back on 20 years ago and, and just joining with the initial intention of just doing the six years and separating, you know, um, I, I definitely, you know, uh, learned the value of time, the value of sacrifice mm-hmm. and just resiliency, man. Like, you know, just dealing with, you know, the adversity and challenges in life and you know um it, it, it prepares you for you know to deal with life on a different kind of level so and that's one thing that you know it, it's a gift and a curse in a way because when you separate you realize that your civilian counterparts don't necessarily have those tools in their tool belt kind of look at it different and it's like well okay but for me it's uh one of those things where the resiliency alone you know uh, allows me to know that hell i mean whatever challenge i'm faced with you know hey this too shall pass and shit i'm gonna knock it out the park and you know bounce back so how how big shine say last night took a l but tonight fact let's go yeah so uh and um like i said it, it it definitely gave me a, a sense of you know purpose really and i didn't realize it until i looked back at even just the numbers mm-hmm. of you know military personnel right we are literally the one percent of, of americans who join now take that in consideration of people who do a four-year four-year term six year and then the few of us that actually make it to 20 and 20 plus and think about the lives and people that you impacted along the way. And like, really, it's a really humbling experience, man. And just look back on it and to know that you were a part of something that's bigger than yourself, even if it was a, for a short span of time, but it, it really just kind of gave you a sense of just like, man, that's, that's all right. I, 
hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I did something to, you know, uh, the butterfly effect to, you know, uh, affect somebody and some good along the lines down the way. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, what I'm doing today could positively affect someone in the future. And I think that's a good way to look at it. And again, that's where at the beginning of the episode, where I said that dedication and that that fervor and passion doesn't go unnoticed. That's why I wanted to take the time to thank you what you did and what you were doing for our country. Um, But I want to ask you this because you brought up a good point. You brought up those big Sean bars about taking an L and you're going to bounce right back. And uh, I want to go down that rabbit hole of the challenges that you've had. I mean, what are some of the biggest pains and frustrations and challenges that you had to overcome? Yeah, it's clearly, man, separation from family, you know, uh, shit, those deployments, those shit, many of TDYs and, I mean, also just being contractually bound. Yeah. That's the, the biggest deal, especially, you know, um, I, I wasn't even able to see my my first, my daughter born because I had to finish tech school, right? So mm. I mean, you don't have, you can't say, you know, fuck this, I'm gonna just go anyway. You can, but then now you're gonna deal with being AWOL. And so that, that being, you know, under those uh, strict uh, constraints, you know, of not being able to move freely about the country, you know, especially like when, uh, you know, even a couple of years ago, last year with COVID, right? So, you know, even to go home to my, my granny's, you know, funeral or whatever, I had to ensure that I got, you know, my leave approved and they're like, mm-hmm. so yeah, just that alone is a, a real constraint. Um, but, you know, the challenges, but um, it's so moving forward. And so it, it gives you the understanding of, okay, we're well, moving forward from here then whatever next endeavor, you know, I need to be in control, control of, you know, uh, my destiny of, of where, you know, not being under those, you know, stringent uh, constrictions, man. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's really one of the key factors for me. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. So I want to ask you like straight up, because one thing we talk about a lot is mental health. I mean, I mean, uh, the whole inception behind this this podcast is to talk about the things that are forbidden and taboo and the things that make us uncomfortable as men that we don't necessarily talk about because we are men who can't show emotion. But 20 years, that's a that's a long time. I mean, how did that impact your mental health? Man, I tell you what, man, I I literally just had my uh, uh, mental health assessment for my um, VA disability claim here uh, this past summer. And, you know, because, you know, being in those positions of authority, you know, we're, we're not as inclined to, you know, go to mental health to seek assistance when we need to, you know, and, and, and the culture, you know, was always a, you know, a shut up in color kind of deal where, mm. you know, you just push through, you just push through and, you know, not until recently, you know, I didn't even understand the effects that it actually had on me. Mm-hmm. And so being, you know, coming up, being molded into uh, strict adherence to discipline, right? And not realizing the uh, the amount of discipline or, or the, just the way that your standards that you push on off to your family, just because this is how you're, you're you've been molded and melded, yeah. right? But, and, but yeah, just being 
uncontrollably vulnerable and understanding mm. that, man, this shit is real. And you know, the anxiety and the, the PTSD and depression, like all of it, it's a matter of being honest with yourself, man. And, and that's one that I, I really just looked in the mirror over the past year. And, you know, finally, actually, I went to my first therapy session, dude, like mm. a few months ago. And all of which that, you know, was fear of reprisal or, you know, losing my security clearance had I, you know, went to and been honest in that uh, post-deployment <laughs> health assessment, you know, so, um, and, and you just hold it in. But, you know, it's one, acknowledging and two, you know, seeking some assistance, you know, even to just talk, man, with, you know, a professional or somebody about yeah. it, feelings out, man, so... I highly implore anybody out there, man. And I'm, I'm still struggling and doing, you know, doing so myself to actually, you know, reach out and actually talk and let this shit out, you know? So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're taking the necessary steps to do so because I mean, nowadays I feel like the stigma is starting to shift a little bit surrounding mental health and you're a black man. And we don't necessarily talk about these things, you know, we just shut up in color. Yeah. Even in our household, man, it wasn't one that was, you know, a visitor at, at all, really, you know, it was, it was the mental toughness, right. And it mm -hmm. was the unspoken shit. Like, and it was like, but it, we never really discussed feelings. Right. And yeah. And you always told them, you know, you know, tough it up, put your chest out. You know, yeah. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, shit. If y'all need to cry, let that shit go. Right. <laughs> right. Facts. I can only imagine that that first that first therapy session of yours was such a cleansing and cathartic experience for you. Yeah. So and, and yeah, that's the reality of it, man. To once again, putting on your mask first, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, you know, so. Mm -hmm. That's, that's something that, and that's the one part I, I go back to the resiliency of it and acknowledging and identifying. And it's like, all right, well, shit, I know I got some issues going on. Let's let's work on it. And you know what I'm saying? Bounce back part of that. But really, yeah. the, the first part is the acknowledgement of it and, and execution to, uh, you know, move forward. In it, you know, so, yeah, that's probably the toughest part of it all. I got a question for you, though, because. You know, you spent 20 plus years in the military, right? And now you're a civilian. How is the adjustment going for getting back into the real world? Man, so, hey, it's uh, it's been a journey, man. So I'm coming up on my anniversary here in the next, uh, next month or so, right? Time flies like, you know, a year just as, as, as a blink goes by in a blink of an eye. Um, so the adjustment period, uh has been a freaking roller coaster man <laughs> and so the main thing that i've had to do was really just slow down you know and enjoy mm -hmm. well, and realize the space that i'm currently in right so it, it's like you will never be in this space or position again of where you just retired 20 years from the military so embrace it take it slowly and enjoy it rather mm -hmm. than, you know, the, the go, go, go mentality that we always had to where, okay, I just retired. Now I got to get this job or do this. I just, you know, so that alone um, and really having so many opportunities to, you know, 
to do whatever it is you want with your time, right? So I, I you know, freaking fought with all these different career choices or paths of what I wanted to do next and all of that, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to my brother, you know, I, I was initially talking about uh, looking at the being out here in, on the West Coast, you know, just the interest in solar energy, right? And knowing yeah. how the wave of that is, but, but, but just as well with that, be conducive to what I'm looking for of not being contractually bound and Mm. time is about my time is more about no it'd be the same you know rat race that I just jumped out of so Mm -hmm. it's like just take your time you know and so just having you know uh people in your life that that can you know give you an honest opinion to you know take a step back because your opportunities are so vast it's like (laughs) okay uh well I could tell you one thing that your family is, and me, of course, I know that we're all excited for you to be stateside. And, and you know, those 20 years, I mean, you left when I was maybe 13, 14. So I didn't see you all that, that often. I mean, it was only a handful of times. And the last time that I saw you in person was about three or four years ago. And we were in New Jersey chopping it up, you know, <laughs> I mean, that was a good time, but, um, I think that's probably one of the consolation prizes with, you know, joining the or rejoining the civilian life again. I mean, uh, but just overall, I mean, how are you enjoying your retirement? The, so literally, yeah, that same freedom, right, to just hop on a plane when I feel, you know, I. You know, hey, hey, that's why I said there's nothing like when I come back to Chicago, shit, I come see everybody. Yeah, we out being able to get up and go as I please, you know, and I, I'm not going to lie, fucking COVID hindered those you know, experience because when I retire, so as a retiree, we have uh, th- these benefits, privileges uh, called space aid travel, right? So you're out here on the West Coast, if you have space available, I can fly on any uh, military aircraft from, say, California to Hawaii or Japan mm-hmm. Or Korea, and so I was just gonna do a hop from whatever you know country or uh, state because I have all these people that still live there, still a uh, station there, and hang out, you know. But you know, COVID put a little uh, a little pause on that. The freedom to move about the country, man, shit, that that alone is <laughs> a good right. thing. <laughs> oh, I bet. But it also must have been nice for you to, you know. Granted, you're contractually obligated to fulfill your duties within the military, but the things that you saw, you were able to travel the entire world. You were in Kuwait, you were in South Korea, uh, something like that. Yeah, oh, twice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's one of the so where we talk about the different perks of different branches, right? So mm-hmm. um, let's just use my deployment for my last couple years, right? So. My deployment as an aircraft mechanic, well, actually, I was a production superintendent, basically uh, uh, controlling the maintenance on the flight line, all the aircraft. But it was to an undisclosed location. Well, I'll just say that it was uh, right outside of United Arab Emirates. Hey, okay. I'm picking up what you laying down. <laughs> Ooh. And, you know, so it's a work hard, but shit, it's a play hard environment. Yeah. I know that's right, man. Just some of the most, man, being being able to get outside of your comfort zone and get enthralled into different cultures, ethnicities, size mm. of how you're treated in other countries versus, you know, that comparison back in the States. Mm-hmm. 
And man, you know, to some, you know, once you're in it, like, you know, it, it's no longer a culture shock. It's almost like it, it's shit. It's a necessity, really. Mm. Um, and so, you know, South Korea, um, hell, the first time I was in Kunsan, which is a, a you know more country little rural town uh mm-hmm. but then my last assignment i was uh, in osan which was literal a 20 you know hour train ride if you will uh in, in the soul and once again you know you know mike on the move man yeah <laughs> sure, i'm gonna check it all out you know so that 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 last uh uh tour and assignment i'm a lot more mature and able to you know i think the first one it was in 2004 so mm. oh yeah Ooh. that was uh that was college age. Yes, it was. <laughs> so I'm talking about to the point where I drank so much that one year I had to look at my. We <laughs> need to take a class or something. Do something. <laughs> well, but the second time I went to Korea, man, I took advantage of all the country. Uh, you know, I went bungee jumping. I went, yeah, skydiving you know, too, riding, didn't you? You know, yeah, you know, all of that. And, Man, so and that's I adopt that same those same principles even here back in the states, right? So when mm-hmm. I would come back home from you know uh, anytime on leave, and you just think about Chicago as one of the you know top three cities and you know just like visited tourist cities in, yeah. in the world, and you have all these people that come here to visit this the city, and some don't even you know take the twenty minute train ride downtown, right? And so right. We're so complacent in, in our our bubble and and you know. Uh, with a, a, a scare or a fear to explore. But, you know, once you, man, take them blinders off and, you know, look around, and it's it's a beautiful thing, man. So that's that's one thing I can definitely say that the military has uh, prepared me for and helped me with was just being able to say, hey, I'm good in any hood, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, among different crowds as well, too. So, you know, whether white, black, Asian, whatever, you know, yeah. you know, uh, you know, comfortably, you know, right. You can adapt. I like it. It's uh, it's funny you say that because you remind me of my boy, Justin. I mean, he literally does not like to stay in one spot. And the reason because of that is because he's so aware and in tune with his own personal growth. Like he has to move into a different environment so that he can really get the best, get like, get the best out of himself, you know? So you guys are very similar, and I think that's very important so that you're able to see the world and travel and see different culture and, and, and break through painful barriers. And I think you two are very consistent on that front. But I do have a question for you. And you foregone college and trade school slash vocational schools, and you went straight to the military. And I'm proud of you because of it. But I just want to ask you straight up, man. Are there any regrets that you may have, like with that decision? I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But do you have any? What regret would I've had? Um, I don't have a regret of not going to college because I did. I mean, I got an associate's while I was in, so I got a you know piece okay. of paper because I can you know regurgitate information. But hey, my man. <laughs> but um, um, as far as the regrets. And if you don't have any, that's totally fine too. More <laughs> any regrets other than maybe to uh, you know shit spend more time with with those that I, I love and could have you know in between time and you know uh, create more of those memories and stuff like that you know um, 
but yeah, I, I don't have any regrets in, in the joining, you know, um, it, it's, yeah, here I am. Yeah. You know, so, you know the, the hindsight of it, it I'll, I'm not going to lie to say, I, I don't wonder how I would have turned out had I even not joined or got out after my first enlistment, you know, I, th- those uh, questions always run in the back of your head, you know, mm-hmm. but Hey, shit, you know, on this journey and, you know, in this chapter, you know, here we are. And yeah, you need to build on this story. And hey, uh, shit, 39 years young. So, my man, need at least 39 more, goddammit. Facts. <laughs> Facts. I mean, I got maybe one or two more questions and uh, I'll get you up out of here so that you can enjoy your sunny day out there on the West Coast. I mean, your father, my uncle. He passed away. But uh, if he knew that you put 20 years into it all, man, I mean, what do you think he would say about your journey and where you're at today, man? You know what, man? Shit. I, I, actually, I, I went and visited him at, at, at his grave site for his birthday, man. You know, I, I know he's smiling down on me. And uh, shit. It's one that, you know, I buried him with uh, my Iraqi Freedom Medal, you know, and I, I, from that point there, man, I already know he, he was proud of me and with me, you know, and he, he definitely expressed that, you know, uh, when he visited, you know, yeah. Florida when I was stationed there, man. So, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, shit, the, the same way that I mentioned earlier on just like if you can we've had an impact on one person's life in a positive manner, man. It, it really is, you know, that uh, the job is done, you know, and so to have had the experiences and, you know, you know, and literal, you know, being able to see the impact on many, man, it's, it's humbling, man, for real, because, and then everybody thanks you for your service. And it's like, I mean, shit, I mean, thank you. I ain't really do shit. Like, <laughs> but I do my job. Hey, I'll take it though. Shit. Let's go. All right. Yeah, it's a real humbling experience, man, for real. And I don't take it for granted, you know, because in the reality of it, <clears throat> I had a lot of homeboys who didn't make it this far, you know, best of soul or who got out early. But, you know, um, so, yeah, I, I know Pops will definitely, you know, definitely uh, be proud, man. Definitely, cuz. Yeah. God rest his soul, man. We certainly miss him. Um, so I see your shirt, man. Role model clothing. I want to ask you, what's next for Mike? Okay, man. So right now, you know, role model clothing currently under construction. But uh, so I just recently you know, completed a CDL school with the troops and the transportation. Hmm. And uh, so I'll uh, be going here over the road and, you know, starting another chapter, you know, with Mike on the move, if you will. There we go. Uh, my trucking journey. So. Who knows? Role model uh, clothing may uh, just turn into role model trucking here. So, hey, okay, I like it. Yeah, man. So uh, you know, yeah, I, hey, I, I, I say I always had a passion for fashion. You know? Right, right. <laughs> hey, you know, I still got my shirt. So you just, uh, you just let me know. I'll, I'll purchase some more merchandise from you, man. Some more apparel. That's definitely, uh, you know, uh, still to come in the horizons, man. But. Uh, once again, like I say, I'm just taking a step back and enjoying the journey, man. There you go. The reality of it to, you know, take it slow, shit. You know, I, I've been just moving, go, go, go. And so really just enjoying the space that I'm in and shit, figuring out life, man. So, well, 
Stay tuned to be continued because there's a lot more to the saga as the saga continues, right? Man, (laughs) I'm proud of you. I really am because, hey, like I said, I don't want to take up too much time from you, but, um, you know, we do what's called pop culture theme of the week. Every week we discuss something that powered you through your week. What got you through to your Friday? What got me through the week? Oh, shit. You know what? Music <laughs> music always gets me through. That's my therapy. Actually, you know what? Uh, what really, you know, actually, you know, brought, got my zen, you know, populated this morning. Robert Glasper, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm huge on all genres of music. But yeah, uh, this uh, this album called Fuck Your Feelings. <laughs> Yo! A jazz musician, slash aficionado. Okay. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, man. So I'll just sit back and throw uh, me some some uh, food on the grill, and you know, enjoy my other, you know, hobby and pastime. You know, that's that's one that was definitely passed down. Yeah, barbecuing. Yeah, strong with us. Yeah, man. So that's what's about to get me through the weekend. You know, and uh, hey, I appreciate. You know, being being uh, one of the men of the year. Of the hey, day. let's go. We got your honorary badge. I like it, man. <laughs> oh, man. For me, um, I want to say if you're a fan of Kendrick Lamar, I mean, he's been out on hiatus for a while without, without making an album. But he has a cousin named Baby Keem and his album, The Melodic Blue. It goes hard. Yeah, but- I'm going to check out. I was actually listening to the Family Ties joint like. Mm, yeah, that yeah. Goes Range too. Brothers too. Oh my goodness! It's I mean, if you're a fan of Kendrick Lamar, listening to Baby Keem's and his album, and instead, you will not be disappointed. I guarantee you that. Uh, I got to throw out these uh these quick bars from almost 20 years ago. It go a little something like, "Got some wood grain all up in the inside, cause I'm a rider, and don't forget to spray that black magic on the tires." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's go, baby. Happy, baby. <laughs> what they know about <laughs> They don't know no. You don't even know. <laughs> cool, cuz. Well, hey, like I said, wanting you to get back to your day, man. Want you to get back to enjoying that sunny weather out there. But I really appreciate you coming through and chopping it up with your cousin, letting us know your entire journey regarding the military, man. Sound like there were some ups and downs. But that's okay because yeah. life is always like that. Definitely. Oh, and I also want to mention to you, man, if you ever have anything on your chest that you want to get off, this platform is yours. So please feel free to come back. We would love to have you. You know what? I will definitely take advantage of that opportunity for real because uh, I-, I like what you guys are doing, man. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thank you, because. As much as you, you know, everything happened for a reason and the timing of it all, man. So, yeah, I know, right? As much as you wanted or needed the interview, man. (laughs) As I said before, man, shine your light for the world to see, man. You know, bless you. Amen to that. Tell her, you know, so what what one may be going through can absolutely help him, you know, uh, our fellow uh, man. So, yeah, that's the purpose. Definitely help me today and set the tone you know, of uh, what's to come for the weekend. So Yeah, for sure. That's what we like to hear.
Definitely. Well, Mike, I love you, man. We are the men of the year, your mama's favorite group of men. We'll get out with y'all next time. Happy Veterans Day. Peace. Men of the year, men of the year, men of the year, men of the year.